Which is a more likely reunion, Vinny? Maurizio Pochettino and Tottenham or Vinny Perth and Dundalk? There, there was the setup. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> OTB AM. Weekdays from 7.30 AM. Listen on the OTB Sports app. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Quick start car insurance you can sort anytime online, then bounce on with your day. Get a quote today at getsetgo.ie. Hello. Welcome along to episode four of the Football Pod. Andy Moran, Paddy Andrews, welcome along, boys. Good to be here, guys. Four weeks, week four. Happy to be here. Good afternoon, lads. It's going great, yeah. You missed the sun last week in Castlebar. Andy Moran got a tan. I, I didn't miss the sun. I missed Castlebar, but I was having, was having a good little weekend myself here in Dublin. So it was nice uh, to get out and enjoy it, all right. But that uh, was great, wasn't it? Jesus. Country came alive once the sun comes out, as always. So... Uh, Go crack. We needed it. There, there was a famous street that there was rumours that Paddy Andrews was in last week up in Dublin. But um, <laughs> I, I can't. I, I, can you confirm or deny, Patrick? I, I'm not going to lie. I had a few pints, all right, in the yeah. city centre after work on Friday. I managed to avoid Tony Hulahan somehow. Thank God. <laughs> We'd have gotten an earful. But uh, no, it was actually, it was great. There was a buzz around the city centre, which was cool. I wasn't on South William Street now. I, I can confirm I put my empty pints in the bin <laughs> after I was finished with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I enjoyed the sunshine. Would have loved to have been in Castle Bar, lads. But by all accounts, from you two guys, I didn't miss much. A bit of a trial game feel to it, was it? Yeah, After, it was an odd one, Andy, wasn't it? I was very much so. Um, it was funny because me and Tommy talked before the game, and I kind of predicted, as my predictions usually go wrong, but I, 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 I predicted that James Horn would drop five or six from the starting lineup that was named. And it was actually completely the opposite. Andy McEntee played. <laughs> he, he, Andy McEntee dropped the five or six. He dropped uh, McEntee, Kyogen, Hernan, and then the whole full forward line. And they all, all the best players, like yeah, yeah, they're six best <laughs> players. That's basically what he did. And um, he, he the Horn played. We had a lot of changes, but I think we just have a bigger strength and depth than me do. And um, it just it was a trial game kind of feel to it. Me played quite well when Mead brought on their half back line. They actually played quite well. Um, so it was just a it's hard to know what to make of it, really. So you're telling me you made the right call by going for a few points in town instead of going over to Castle Bar to watch a training match? Yeah, a few points, a few points, <laughs> and a bit of a few points and a bit of gardening might have been the right call, you know. <laughs> on a normal on a normal weekend and a normal year, Paddy, or in the next few weeks, where's your favourite spot in Dublin to grab a couple of points? Uh, I've worked uh, the fortune of working in on Dawson Street there for years and just around the corner for Twilliam Square now so there's loads of good spots around there and it's, it's gas now the last couple of weeks all the pedestrianised stuff and Dublin City Council are out getting everything set up so I, I, I'm partial to Kyo's I have to say there on South Anne Street mm. some, good, some good nights there we didn't get many of them when you were playing which was always the drawback you could never get outside for points in the summer but uh Hopefully make up for it now in the next uh, next few months. Now have a bit more time to yourself. Like. Did the Mayo boys have a safe haven they could go to Andy when they were in Dublin? The boys did. Um, no, I wasn't. Uh, I was down the road, probably um, <laughs> wife and kids at that stage. So I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't the um, the main party instigator. Now every now and then I'd, I'd take off. Now back not seven or eight. Now I. Uh, it was a different story. I was a bit it was like Mick Jagger back then. Like. Yeah, yeah. I met yoga and uh, Zen and all this sort of crack. Oh, and I, I used to go home. A little McDonald's, a little sneaky McDonald's on the way down the road might have been my treat. You know? A happy meal, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so look, it was it was a funny weekend of football. As you said, Mead made 10 changes, Mayo made 10 changes. It was very hard to get a read in it. Kerry held off for common. The Dubs had a late surge against Galway. 
Clare, if they had held on to the ball in injury time against Cork, if they'd played a bit of keep ball, they may have ended up in a semi-final, a playoff for Division 1 against Mead instead of Mayo. And obviously Kildare came through. So it was Kildare and Mead in the Division 2 semi-final as well. Yeah. At this stage, when you're looking for, would you be looking at those games, the, the Division 1 uh, semi-finals, you could say? And would you be excited for them or would you be thinking the teams are going to hold back a bit at this stage of the at this stage of the summer? I'm really looking forward to Division 1 games. I have to say that they're, the ones we spoke about at the start, you probably couldn't handpick two better games at the start of the National League. Dublin to play Donegal. A lot of people have been waiting for this game. I know it's not the championship, but um, it's probably the closest thing you're going to get, particularly this season. Luckily, my touching it the end of the leagues is going to be a bit of a farce that there's no league finals for, for, for probably all the divisions which is a bit strange mm. so I think a lot of teams will use this game as their last hit out before they go into championship and, and Dublin and Donegal is going to be a brilliant game unlikely that, however it may be that you might see Michael Murphy he'll be a huge loss for Donegal but I know Declan Bonner will be looking to use that and see where this team at and from my experience in all my years playing with Dublin I think Dublin are going to go flat to the mat in that game they won't be resting guys so that's a brilliant game and then Tyrone and Kerry it's it's brilliant <laughs> it's probably looking forward to that even more Kerry have a bit of pep in their step after the comeback against Dublin they're they're back to play in their traditional way and Tyrone are trying to come down and play this kick pass and attacking game and it'll be a real signal to see where Tyrone are at because like if you look at it on paper you'd probably say Kerry are the, are the second best team in the country uh, behind Dublin and for Tyrone to come down there it will be a huge boost to their new their coaching team and their new style of play if they go and be carried there so and that's just Division 1 like there's some brilliant games like Maiden until there is going to be fascinating to see where they're at going into the Leinster Championship the fairy tale story can Clare get into Division 1 can Offaly be promoted under John Mann to Division 2 there's some great stories for the National League so really really looking forward to those games next weekend yeah. I, I'd be the same Tommy I think it's uh... Like the four games in Division One, so the two relegation playoffs, I think are really exciting. Like we haven't mentioned, but Galway have really came around since the the, the hiding they got down Tralee. Really good performance against Roscommon. Decent performance last week against Dublin. I thought it showed a nice bit of bite. Sean Kelly mm. very important to them. I think he just is an unusual style, and he kind of brings the ball out from them. But he's aggressive, and he he, he kind of leads the line in their defensive line, which I think gives them a huge chance. Uh, so Galway Monaghan is an interesting one because one of those we want to break in. So it, yeah, yeah. I, I think whichever one wins, I think will give us a good indication on that. The Galway or the Roscommon Armagh game is very interesting. If you're looking on paper, Armagh win that game every day. But if you look yeah. at the history of the teams, Roscommon have a really good record against that Armagh team over the last couple of years in Division Two and little bits like that. So they went. I think after the lockdown last year, Roscommon go up to Armagh, beat them up there. So they have a really good record. So that's not a foregone conclusion. I think it's an important one, Andy, as well. Just on it. Like, Armagh have waited so long to mm. get into Division 1. And they've played really well. Mm. Like, their opening day, really impressive against, against Monaghan. Unlucky to, to lose the Tyrone game, I suppose. Like, for them to go back down to Division 2 would feel like a bit of a kick in the teeth. It would. For, for McGinney. So, like we've touched on Roscommon, you know, my thoughts, they, they go up, they get relegated, they go up, they get relegated. I think it's a big game for Armagh if you want to get a couple of years, like Tommy, you were saying last week, even Meads, one year of experience in Division 1 was, was a huge benefit for them. For Armagh to kind of step up to the next level and become, you know, real Ulster title contenders and stuff, you, need, you really need to be in the Division 1. You know, Monaghan spent years in Division 1 and they ended up winning a couple of Ulster titles. I think it'd be a setback for McGeaney going into the Championship and his players if if they lose that game to Ross Common. I expect Armagh to win, but... 
I'm sure yeah. there'll be a couple of upsets next weekend. And I think this is where Poacher's really going to come into his own for us, Common. He'd have he'd have seen all them young Armagh players playing through the school structure right through. Mm. So he knows them inside out. So let's see, can us come and push on in the two semi-finals? Then, see, I don't think it's catastrophic for either Tyrone or Donegal to lose. It's how mm. they lose. And if Donegal were waiting for them, missing each other, John, like ships in the night there the last mm. couple of years, Donegal and Dublin. Paddy was calling for it. Last year, everyone was calling for it. They really wanted to see this athleticism of this Donegal team against the athleticism of the Dublin team. Let's see now, can they go and compete? Should they beat Dublin without Murphy? Absolutely not. But can mm. they go and compete and really be in the last 20, that 50 to 70 minutes, can they be mm. still in the game and see, can they push them on? I think that's important. I don't think it's that important that they beat them, but I think mm. it's important that they're competitive. Tyrone carried the same. We'll see now, are Tyrone the real deal or not? How close yeah. can they get? If they get within three or four points, carry lads, and it's a real competitive game, Tyrone will know, okay, we're three months into our schedule There's here. progress, exactly. And, and there's yeah. huge progress. If we yeah. meet these in September or August time, listen, we have a right rattle here. So I, I think they're really exciting games. The John Mahon one, just to give Offaly a special mention as well, lads, was speaking to John Mahon at the game on, on Sunday, Tommy. Uh, mm. He was going into the, the radio show I did just, just after. And rode at a really, really hard week last week. Um, the death of their young goalkeeper last last week. And John was just explaining the, 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 the road players were on their knees, you know, like from it. And the way they performed last week to get that McNamee coming on, scoring four or five points. I think it's testament to that team. And I think the, I think the energy they showed and what they have done. And I, I know Mahan, he, he'll fill them with energy as well. And I think that the progress they're making is, is, is really exciting for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's unreal and it's great to see it. And just when you mentioned Niall McNamee there, the <laughs> ability to extend your career so long, like the likes of Niall McNamee playing football for the last 18, 19 years, inter-county football. Even David Tuberty, it was great to see Tuberty, him. Tuberty, yeah. I, I Top don't know scorer what you guys, in massive league history. Yeah, that I don't is, know whether you guys... I couldn't believe that. That's unbelievable. What an unbelievable longevity and performance and consistency. And that's why, like I loved the National League. Absolutely loved it when I was a player. Games every week. Mm. playing at different stadiums uh, different crowds playing different teams that you might come across in the championship and, and even this year the ending isn't going to be great and that's a, a separate point for, for the GAA and the schedule and I know it's hard with the COVID and things like that but look at a Clare under Colin Collins to potentially seven, eight years in a row to get to Division 1 what an amazing achievement that would get be out, Clear. get out get out can't happen <laughs> oh, no, sorry for, for, for me, but, but, but what a story that would you're used to being Andy Mayo's the fairy tale team for once it's not going to be used everyone's going to be up with yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Derry under Rory Gallagher coming through brilliant. and the beginning league going to Antrim Antrim yes. in the first three games and all of a sudden they get promoted brilliant stories like that and we touched on it last week when we were talking about the Leinster Championship and kind of it was becoming a dead rubber and things like that over the last number of years but what you're seeing here is teams maximising their potential. Are Antrim going to win the Ulster Championship? Probably not. But Enda McGinley's gone in and their players know that. And that's, that's hard for players because in GAA, the championship is everything. But success for, for Enda McGinley is getting promotion with Antrim. Same for John Mann. He's gone in there. Offaly football's been on its knees from like a really traditional county. A, a great pass for them. But they've been in the doldrums and Offaly aren't going to win the Leinster Championship. Like they're not. As good as it's going for them, you know, the shadow of Dublin is hanging over that. So, so what success? What keeps Niall McNamee coming back for 18, 19 years? It's that passion for Offaly and John Mahon has them flying it. Get promoted. Maybe you get into a Leinster semi-final. Maybe you get to a Leinster final. 
that's progress. And, and it's not the case of sitting down, oh, well, Dublin are going to win the Leinster Championship, so what's the point? Yeah, and It's an attitude of maximising the potential. And you see loads of teams in all the divisions doing it. And that's why it's, it's brilliant to see. And so there'll be some great stories from next weekend to look forward to. And Paddy, just on that, like for, for the likes of myself to play it for, for Mayo and the likes of Paddy who played for Dublin, mm. we always had a goal. So our goal has been the same since 1951. Your goal is to everyone is fighting on the same line to win the All-Ireland. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately for the likes of myself and players before me, it didn't happen. Paddy's goal, once they'd won two, they wanted to win the third one. They had a goal and it was always... So you're looking at McNamee yeah. and Tuberty and all these guys. In one way, it's easier because they're not in the spotlight all the time. But another way, like they have to set out a goal that's not winning the highest prize. Do you know what I'm saying? So to have that longevity throughout your career, I think is 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 amazing. And I love the the fact that Tuberty got credit for what he's done this week over the scoring in yeah. the, the league. And I'm glad someone actually stated that. And I love the fact that people like ourselves are looking at Niall McNamee, even though. He, mid to late 30s he's wearing white boots he's he puts me to shame like, yeah, yeah 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 I but, should still but, be out there but he, he's, he's he's coming on kicking four points to win the game for Offaly yeah. I, I think it's amazing and credit to John Mahan and Colin Collins for using these guys in the, in the right way yeah. uh, McNamee coming on for 20 can you imagine Tip getting into the game closing the gap and then probably Offaly's best player comes on to, to, yeah. to kill you so it, it's really smart management but really big credit to all the players that have done that over the years I think it's massive and I echo what Paddy says about the league um, I think it just gives these guys the, the chance to shine and it's lovely when you, when you talk there about maximising potential and setting your own goals I think you can break it down to even club football like a junior club can only win their junior championship in that season and any group of players who are sitting down together and I've been in so many meetings over the years where you're sitting down in November and you're saying next year's going to be the year that we're going to do it I think of all <laughs> I think no matter what sport you played or what yeah, yeah, or any level yeah. it's all about a collective movement to try and get to a certain stage um, so like whatever progress means for these counties it, it's great to see Offaly doing like because when we talk about it like Cavan and Tipperary had hit such heights last year out of absolutely nowhere and the emotion and the joy that was yeah. expressed was absolutely remarkable. Fair enough, this year they've had a tough in the league. It's been a tough league. Three three games, you lose the first one, you've lost a bit of momentum. But then you just see Offaly and they're just flying through it this year and it's great to see it. Um, just on the stats, this is a bit of a, a tangent here, but uh, it's always been a gripe of mine and I'm sure other people as well that we don't have a proper database of stats in the GEA. It means so much statistics in American sports. Did that ever matter in, in the GAT? Do you, would it be something that you'd ever be bothered by? Well, Mayo was that. I was ne- Sorry, Patty. I was never in the mix to get that. <laughs> I was never in the mix for records. Anyway. So no, it definitely didn't bother me. But maybe it did for guys who were going for scoring titles and stuff. But no, I, it was, ne- I can tell you, in any years I was playing, that was never once mentioned, ever. Yeah. Just, it's just not really, like I say, it's just not a part of the, the culture and stuff like that. But that I agree with Andy. I, like I was surprised normally in like in other sports if someone's going for top score or like the Premier League Golden Boot it's the only thing you hear about they're talking about it all the time so that's why it's very refreshing to see there was no word of Tuberty beforehand it was just no at all you know? and then the GPA put out the, the tweet and I was like Jesus that is that is something to be very proud of but like I said I was never in the mix for them so I never really minded just on the stats side of it, it like we, we'd have we'd have crazy lunatics uh, kind of following us all the time that have that have kept stats on uh, appearances FBDs leagues championship and there's a there's a great pub actually Paddy in if you're ever in Casper called Mick Burns it's a famous pub in the middle yeah. of the town and uh, even brought out a book actually 
with all the statistics of who played FPD games, league games, championship games all through the year. So, yeah, some people do it, um, other people don't. And it's uh, to, they're not really comparable in the GA, really, because we keep changing what we're, what we're doing. So if you look at what Killian and Dean Rock have done, they're probably comparable because they've played the same amount of games. But if you're comparing them to Mikey Sheehy, or you're comparing yeah, them to... Yeah, uh, it's only two or three you know, games. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Kearney or any of them guys, Keevney, sorry, Jimmy Keevney, or any of them guys, they've played way less games. So you know, so what's comparable? But I do think it's it's lovely to see the likes of Tuberty. Um, and when someone reaches the top score, or the, the, the 100 caps or something like that, I do think it's nice to recognise them things for players as well. Yeah, because Dean Rock, obviously, he overtook. He became Dublin's top scorer of all time uh, mm. last October as well. So, yeah, no, it's great to see. I just think it's something that we should, we should, uh, I suppose, care a bit more about and just we should know we should have those records on paper. Wishy Fogarty's Terrace Talk have always been a great resource as well over the years. Before we get into our league review, lads, um, I've asked you both to pick a team of the league and um, we have a couple of other questions that we're going to get stuck into as well. Bit of news that caught the eye this week. Philly McMahon is joined Bohemians Football Club as a performance coach. Paddy, a teammate of yours, what do you think Philly would bring to the dressing room of Bohemians? Um, yeah, I, I, it was interesting to see it. Obviously, I know that their season has kind of kicked off already in the middle of it. So I think it, it always catches the eye when it's someone from a different sport steps into that, that side of things as well. So look, Philly's had an amazing career off the pitch in terms of his strength and conditioning and, and the studies he's done and obviously runs his own gym similar to, to what Andy's doing as well. So it is an interesting one. And the biggest thing I would say for, for any coach going into to a new dressing room, and this is true of any sport, you know, with a GA dressing room and there's 35 lads there, or Philly going into the Bowes dressing room and there's slightly less with soccer, maybe 20, 25 players. The first thing you have to overcome is, I'd call it like the credibility test that you're going in there before you can get, get into your, your nut, nuts and bolts and how you're going to help the team you need to go in there and show them kind of what you're about. And the big benefit for Philly is that he has such a high profile, even if there's 20 guys there to play with Bose and they're not GA supporters and they don't really follow Philly's career or anything like that, they'll know of the Dublin football team. They live here in the city. They train over in DCU. Like I say, they'll be aware of this really successful team that he's been a part of. They might be even be aware of Philly's profile outside of that. A lot of kind of charity work he does and success he's had away from the pitch. So, so that gives Philly a leg up that, 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 Straight away, he can go in there and the guys are going to be like, right, we're kind of interested. This guy is from a really high-performing, successful sports team. And, and even though it's a different sport, they're going to be their interest is going to be perked with that. And that's that's a big thing for any coach going into a new dressing room because I've seen it with Dublin. And as humble as guys are and as nice a group of lads as they are, when a coach comes in, you'll, you'll give out, you'll talk about, you make a first impression straight off the bat. And, and if that isn't a good impression... Um, the coach is kind of fighting an uphill struggle straight from the get-go. And the football dressing rooms are ruthless. <laughs> We've had guys come into us with Dublin and it's like, this just hasn't worked from the get-go. It's like, this it's not a good fit. Um, and that's probably harsh because the guy, the coach has come in and he hasn't even got to, to get down and get into really into the nuts and bolts of what he does. But that's the benefit that Philly has. He probably has a really high credibility with those guys already. And then the second thing then, and this is the most fundamental thing for any coach or performance analyst or anything like that, is he going to make the players better? That's that's your bottom job as a coach. You can get caught up in tactics and all the fancy stuff. Your role is to make the players you're coaching better. And what Philly can do, I doubt he's going to be going in talking about tactics or, or technical 
skills because that's not his background at soccer. But if you're a Bohemians player and you go to him, well, you can definitely talk to him about preparation, dealing with pressure, high performance, you know, playing in big matches and things like that. Even though it's a different sport, like the bottom line with elite sport, it's competition. And you got to go out and you got to beat the other guy. So that doesn't change whether it's in tennis, it's basketball, rugby, it's soccer, GAA. You've got to compete and be mentally prepared to beat the other, your opposition. And Philly obviously has an amazing experience of doing that over years. So, so in things like that, I think you'll add huge value to, to Bose and to their players. But look, I'd be surprised if he's talking about the offside trap and, and the technical side of things. But Did he- no, it's a great appointment, I'd say. And, and great for Philly as well, obviously, yeah. Did Philly talk much in the dressing room? Uh, he would have, yeah. Yeah, he definitely would have. <laughs> he would have talked in the dressing room, would have spoke on the pitch as well. Um, but he, he like he's he's such an amazing background and a story, and it's just his character as well. Like um he would have spoke very much so. I'll tell you a funny thing, like we're talking about man-on-man defenders nowadays. Philly never wanted to do that. <laughs> Philly was the lad calling for everyone to get back. Philly is calling for Bernard Brogan to come back and defend. And we're looking back and we're going, no, pal, you're you're on your own back there. Um so, so things like that, that's kind of... He never said Andy to the opposition. Yeah, and he never spoke to Andy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, Andy and Aidan O'Shea could probably tell you more about it. But no, he, he, would, have been, he would have been a big leader. Obviously, you, you can see that in his, his persona and things like that. So that's the type of thing Bowes would be getting. Um, and, and like I say, it, it always, it's interesting when someone from a different sport tries to cross over. Mm. But there's so much... What you're dealing with is elite sport and competition and, and Philly has a huge background in that and being successful in that. So, of course, you can add value to, to players in that regard. Andy, I'm waiting for you. No, no, I just... He's playing the thunder. No, I'm just thinking it, it, it's an amazing crossover. I think, he's, I, I think it's brilliant. Um, I love to see it. Um, and I love to... What I think the, the, the key skill, and Paddy's nailed it, is the Weidegger... We know Neil Fitzpatrick from sports. And she came in with us in um, 2017 and immediately she caught the attention of the group. You know, it was just one of those ones, Paddy, that kind of just fitted the group perfectly. It's, it's, but, but we've had the opposite. Where It's unbelievable, isn't yeah, it? I, and you, you kind of know it's straight. Like sometimes some people just have the skill and sometimes they just fit in with the group really nicely. Um, yeah. and, and that happens. And, and But I, I do like the crossover. I think the most important thing about the crossover, if I was thinking about it, is that you absolutely know your place and you know your role within it. So if Philly's going in as a performance coach or a psychologist or an SNC, whatever he's going in as, then he knows that role straight away. And as, uh, I think where it gets crossed, what I've seen in Gaelic football over the time, is someone comes in as an SNC coach and they'll be talking to you how to play corner forward and you're looking at them. 100%. You know, yeah, yeah. Get out. So he won't be going in there talking about offside traps or anything like that. He'll be going in doing his specific role. And within that, I think, Anton, that he's probably done in his career so far he's probably mm. high achieved that so um, fair play to him I think it's, it, it's it's so funny you say that Andy and Tommy this this kind of goes across the board with GA we, we would experience a lot with, with Dublin people come in and they might be like a guest speaker and like a motivational talk and things like that and we had, would have had people in over the years who were brilliant sports people like quite high profile sports people and you're thinking this has got to be class I'd love to kind of get, get a bit of background on this and it, and it, and it wasn't it mightn't have been as good as you thought it would have yeah. been. And it's just sometimes it just doesn't work. And then we had some like Jim Gavin was great for this. Like he'd bring people in completely off the wall. You'd be going, Where is he going with this? Like we would have had musicians or comedians or something like that come in to us and talk to us. And they talk about pressure and performance and stuff. Nothing to do with GA, nothing to do with even sport. 
And they were amazing. Like, and you, you were going and you're sitting there and they go, this is who's coming in to talk to us. And you're going, what? where in God's name is he going with this? Yeah. And they were brilliant. So, so it's just, it's amazing. You get to see both sides of it. Uh, and a lot of it comes down to the personality. And a lot of it just comes down to the, their actual experiences. Where, and it's not going to be specific. Like someone coming in talking to us, they haven't won all Ireland's or played in all Ireland finals, but that doesn't matter. But they've performed under pressure and they've. Anyone stand out, Paddy? Uh, well, we, we, we had a good couple, yeah. Like, like we would have had kind of a couple of musicians, definitely, who we thought they were going to come in and just play a few tunes and it would have been great, but they were actually amazing outside of that. Um, we did now with a couple of interesting ones. We always said we wouldn't say who they were. Okay, but, uh, that's fair. That's uh, fair. But it's just funny what Andy says because it's so common. It, it is. That, yeah. You get some guys, and it just it just doesn't work for whatever reason. And then, like I say, on the other side of things, you could have someone coming in and just they're brilliant. It's just a, a link. So that's what Philly's obviously going to be trying to do over there uh, with Bose. He has the experience and the knowledge and stuff. Like I say, as Andy said, he's 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 a high achiever anyway. So so I'm sure he'll be able to rub off at some of those guys. Yeah, I think the 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 big big thing about fellas like Philly and physios and strength and conditioning coaches and all these guys, if you think about it, they probably spend more time with players than anybody else in the group. Because an SNC mm. coach, they're in the gym with you, it's probably one-on-one or it's you know, one-on-six. Or you, know, you have a group with you, you would never have 30 with you. Physio, you're half an hour lying on a bed if you can get it. You know, and the, the, so <laughs> they're basically, you're telling them your problems like with everything and they're just listening. So mm. if, if you go in there with a real open, like I think you need to be really guarded not to be given your own opinions, but you have to be a really good listener on, on top of it. And I think yeah. if you have that, I think you're, you're, you're halfway there. Does a, what about the culture of a soccer dressing room? Do they hold the GA in high enough stock? You've both kind of been in, in and around it. Andy, you were telling the story last week of telling one of your teammates to go off and watch Kieran Mack and he was blown away by it. Um, well, well, I think, I think the, the, the stock question is a good question because where Philly comes from, Ballymun, again, I'm talking like, but I'm just listening to what Philly has said in the past about Ballymun and the troubles they had growing up and stuff like that. And an awful lot of soccer, like it, like we know, like I lived in a council estate myself, we did nothing but play soccer. And this is where soccer has kind of grown from. So Philly mm. will know the troubles of an awful lot of these players and where they came from and what, what they've done and how they've done so well to achieve to get to that position. So I think Philly McMahon will have no problem with his stock even away from the game. Never mind what he's done. Yeah, in, the yeah. in, the, in the soccer dressing room, I remember I, I this only happened about twice, but I was called into the senior squad twice for Longford the time I was there. And you had to come in a suit. You probably remember this from Monaghan, Paddy. You had to come in a suit. You came. <laughs> yeah, I like here. Louis Coffin. Randy Collins. I'm a tracksuit man. Like, I'm a tracksuit. Right, like. Yeah, I'm a tracksuit man all day long, right? So you're, this dressing room, like, it's full of dubs. And I, I go down to this shop and lunch. <laughs> I say, I need a suit. And they go, what you? I said, I need to play with the boys. So he said, they're all wearing this. So I wear these grey slacks that could only be described as flares, right? Lovely. Uh, Sounds I wear, good. Wait till this, Paddy. Wait till this. I'm still mortified about it. But I wear a black shirt and I wear a white tie. <laughs> I'm 19 years of age. I'm 19 years of age. And you know Vinnie Perth that said, like he wouldn't yes. remember me, but Vinnie Perth is captain of the team. There's a guy called Digger O'Brien there, two boys. And li- I literally walked into it and I just get murdered for half an hour. Mm. And I was sitting on the guy with a crack, lads. It was brilliant for about three weeks. It was nearly my introduction to the team. The boys kind of half liked me afterwards because I looked so bad, you know? 
Black shirt and white tie. Oh, bad Top class. I, yeah, but <laughs> I, still, I, still, class. I still can't dress myself, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> Paddy, you're a good man for a suit. Tell us about Monaghan United. What was that like down there? You told us it was transfer deadline day, signing one, one year. Yeah, I, I'd like... I, d- I don't know if I've ever believed this. Did this really happen? No, it's true. This is this is true, yeah. Uh, I signed with the Rad squad in 2011, that summer. Uh, do you know what like, you hear? I signed at the back of a smoke pack. I w- was not far off that. Like, I would have known Roddy since I was a kid, like... And uh, Roddy, I, w- I would say, is like the Irish Harry Redknapp. Just a character, like, players love. You spend 30 seconds in Roddy's company, I swear. To you. You'll have enough material for, for a laugh for about six months. He's just, he's box office. He's real Dublin, old school, traditional kind of soccer guy. And he came across, and I was like, Roddy, listen, I haven't played soccer since I was 13, 14, like seven or eight years ago. I'd be useless. Like, Don't worry about that, Pat. We, we'll find a position for you. And his whole attitude was like, it was funny, it was like a soccer attitude of the GAA. It was like, I'm sure you'll be fit. You'll have a horrendous touch, but we can put you like centre half and you'll be able to kick a few fellas. And, and he wasn't far wrong in that. But uh, but that was kind of the, the, it's funny back then, and, and this has changed so much, the, the attitude from soccer to GAA was like, that's for country people. Um, GAA, it's just kind of, there's no skill, there's no tactics, they're all bog ball, they call it Dublin, like, and the same from, from GA, we'd look at it and go, the soccer guys are all soft. They're all, you know, they've no, they don't work hard. They have no kind of, they don't have a hard mentality and things like that. But the change in that over, even over the last four or five years, the amount GA, and we're talking about tactical innovation and stuff like that. And Andy touching them with kind of praising the Northern teams are always seem to be the forefront of, of innovations of the game. The amount GA has learned from soccer over the last five, ten years in terms of tactics and things like that. I think that the, the old school, the stereotype of the teams not getting on and soccer and GAA being separate, I think there, there, there's a healthy respect there now that soccer people can see, particularly in, in Dublin, with the success the Dublin team have had, kind of what a, a bit more understanding of what the GAA is about. And GAA people generally, younger generations definitely love soccer. We all follow soccer. It might have been an old school thing where kind of a legacy thing where older people didn't, didn't the foreign game and didn't mm. want to get involved in it. But but the, the influence of soccer tactics on GAA now, particularly over the last five or so years, is huge. And, and it's been such a benefit to the game. Like, Yeah, it's developed an unbelievable amount. Um, and, you know, we talk about the, the gig impression that we've kind of spoken about mm. a few times, not really. Um, I know you don't really buy it, Andy, the the heavy heavy metal football. Is that is that what we uh, called I, it in the I, paper? I, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't I didn't buy the 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 way Big J B was uh, was was described. He just doesn't get on with Bradley like if someone I else know, said I actually, it. I actually I, I actually do to be honest. I actually the dubs, do the dubs but, love though, don't they Paddy? But you're do we? Like, yeah you love Bradley. Oh, do we? Okay. I thought you did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe do yeah. you, yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, we actually, um, yeah, we actually get on it right, but it's, it's just, I was reading it, like, <laughs> you're wrong. Like, but but I, I do absolutely buy what Paddy was saying, the, the press, and like, you're looking at Armagh, not pressing the kick out at the minute. I don't buy for one minute that when it comes to the first round of the championship game, hmm. that Donny isn't going to have them pushed on into the corner. Do you know, that they're going to be really squeezing the kick out, kick it out to Jerry O'Burns and Grimley mm. and these guys and let them jump for it. I don't, I don't buy that for a second. So I think the, the press side of it is going to be huge. I think Dublin's huge advantage. And you, there is advantages there, but the advantage in football in terms was that the Jason Sherlock, who wasn't afraid to jump, bring a bit of basketball into it, bring yeah. a bit of soccer into it, and that mix of stuff. Like, like how do you do... Uh, 
basketball defense. You go full court press, you go zonal defense around your around your key. Like, it, you know, and it, it's the same. It, thing it's unbelievable, Andy. If you, you look t- even 10 years ago, keeper before Cluxton say, keeper kicks the ball out, it's out to the middle, two big lads compete. You're defending the kick out, the six forwards just go to their six positions. The change from that is from soccer and basketball. Like Kerry used to play against us and they put four guys in the full forward line, they put four guys in their half forward line and they have four guys across the middle. So they just completely pressed, blocked out the zones. That's like a, a soccer tactic in terms of like you're talking Completely. about Klopp, Klopp, what he does with Liverpool, push up and try and set a trap for someone. They, they were trying to do that to get the better Klucko. That was Basketball, 2019, was it? It's been going on for longer than that, but 2019 is when it was kind of obvious to, to everyone, but, but Kerry would have done that with us. Jim McGuinness famously caught us out with Dublin in 2014. We were playing just man on man. We were like total football. We we're just going to attack. Jim McGuinness could see that. All of a sudden, they started dragging us out of positions. Uh, Big Neil Gallagher uh, midfield was suddenly playing full forward, and Michael Darmacaldi's playing full back, kind of looking around, going, "What the hell?" Is that? That's like soccer tactics in terms of moving opposition around. You look at Donegal; we touched on it in their first game against against Tyrone this year in the league when they beat them eighteen sixteen. Second half, Tyrone's defence all sitting in the middle of the pitch, so Donegal are solo up the pitch, and Paddy McBrearty, uh, Karen Thompson, Michael Langer are all just standing on the sidelines. That's a basketball tactic. That, that's they're blocking the the basket or the goal in Tyrone's case. So Donegal set up along the arcs and they're working the ball. And McBrady or Thompson kicks a brilliant score just coming off the loop. That would be unheard of in GAA ten years ago because the GAA was so insular. I don't want to hear about soccer. That's soft. I don't want to hear about basketball. What are you talking about basketball for? But the open mindedness and the kind of growth mindset of coaches all over the country. Dublin did it. We, we were fortunate. We had somebody like J.O. Who, who was amazing. Kerry with their kick-out tactics. Look at what Donegal are doing. McGuinness. Every county is adopting to this. Yeah. Whereas 20 years ago, soccer was forgettable. GAA was traditional. This is the way we're playing. And there are so many teams doing it. Even look, we're talking about shooting efficiency and shooting accuracy. Hmm. Dublin worked the ball around the arc to the best shooter. Claire at the weekend. Colin Collins has cleared him. David Hubbardy is getting the ball. He's the shooter. Get the ball to the shooter. And that's from basketball. Like I read a great book after Kobe Bryant died. There was a book called Three Ring Circus about the LA Lakers. And like three-point shooting wasn't really a thing, but traditionally basketball was work the ball up to the basket, get a slam dunk. And all of a sudden, Michael Jordan and then Kobe Bryant come along, Steph Curry now. Three-point is all the rage. And they're working. Their whole team is built around getting him the ball for three-pointers. And that was just a tactical innovation. And it's come into GAA now. Like you're saying, why is shooting accuracy so high? Because teams are working the ball to the best shooter. Kerry get the ball to David Clifford. They literally hand him the ball. Yeah. Sean O'Shea could take shots if he wanted to. You can see it with the Clare and Cork came at the weekend. Clare have backs coming up the pitch and they're looking around. And, and 10 years ago, they'd take the shot themselves. But it's tactics. Who's our shooter? Where do we get it to in the most advantageous position? We said about Donegal working the ball to McBrearty. This is all tactics from other sports. Coaches being more open-minded. Players coming to coaches going, I see this in soccer, I've seen this in basketball, I've seen this in rugby. There's so much to learn from other sports. And, and that's the big benefit that GA has gone through over the last five, ten years. And there's a sacrifice to it, Paddy, because that famous game you mentioned, 2014, which mm. to me was the biggest change for ye. Uh, because you oh, that, always, that changed their whole yeah, philosophy because yeah, you could always get a Dublin you always knew there was a, a space in front of you you always knew you were going to mm. you, know, you could get goals against them. but that changed everything and what it did was there was huge sacrifice in it as well because if you remember the game I think Conley hit four bombs Flynn hit four Flynn, bombs yeah. in the first eight half. points in the first and half like, yeah. when you take that out of it then you have to take that 
element of brilliance out of certain players. And that's hard for a coach to do. So you have to go to Jeremy Conley. I don't know how you do this or how you go about it, but you, you basically go, Jeremy, you're not allowed to take that shot, you know, or, you, know, or you, you don't say you're not allowed, but you have to say, yeah. right, there's a better option here. That's a one in five, maybe, where we can work it in and it's three out of five. And, you, mm. you know, so there is change. But, but, you but, but you're right, Andy. And that took, and this is what we were talking about in our very first pod, talking about new coaches coming in and trying to get, like Tyrone have been used to playing a more conservative style and now all of a sudden Fergal Logan's coming in and saying to Ronan McAdoo, you get the ball on, on your own square. I want you to kick a 50-yard kick pass. I mm. want to get the ball up. To, and that's kind of, I haven't done that for years. And with Dublin, in James' first couple of years, 13, we won the All-Ireland, we won the league, we won everything playing this. It was like Harlow Globetrotters. We all loved it. It was like, <clears throat> we're going out and we're attacking from everywhere. And if teams want to go man to man, well, that's great. We'll take that. And the Donegal just completely outsmarted us and got the better of us and then we changed their tactics and it did become if you look at the Dublin team that won in Jim's first All-Ireland in 2013 to the one that won the five in a row in 2019 it's chalk and cheese the style of play it's far more controlled it's not better or worse it's just we became such a, a, a far more smarter team I would say and that was the coaches and the players buying into that we would kept keep the ball a lot more be a lot more patient and um, some people might say that's not as exciting to watch or exciting to play, but we just wanted to be successful. Um, but that's tactical innovation, and, and that's through the experience, and that's the challenge I'm saying for, for like Peter Keane last year. We, we go back to this. He tried to change his complete style of play in one match against Cork. Like that takes months and months and years and years to learn and perfect. And you know what I mean. And they were completely cut out. It was alien to all the players, and that was the challenge for Dublin moving from that kind of free-flowing style of play and we would have had so many conversations about like like I say those shots that the guy scored Flinner and Dermot Connolly they were all, I think they were all outside the 45 they were yeah, yards. yeah. It, was, it was a you can't rely on that consistently no. so and now Dublin worked the ball into the edge of the D and shoot from 30 yards so it's, it's an amazing thing it's an amazing change to see does that like that that you're, you're, you're saying it can't happen overnight but going from that whole Harlem Globetrotter style and those shots from outside the 45 to the 85% shooting efficiency. I know that's only a, a stat that we're throwing out from a couple of weeks ago, but you know how good they Dublin became at their shooting efficiency and their their decision making around shots. Is there anything that stands out like a light bulb moment that clicked about okay, we we've got to change the way we're doing this here? Um, maybe not one particular thing, but it was just I hope it is the benefit we had was that we had depth in the forwards that if you didn't do it, you were gone. So, so, so that's the, the every player in any county, all they want to do is play. So if the coach is telling you to do something and you're Conor McManus from Monaghan, Conor McManus doesn't need to really adhere to that. He can shoot from anywhere because he's a brilliant player. He knows he's Monaghan's best forward and no one's really going to take his place. Um, same, like David Clifford, again, these are probably bad examples because they are brilliant forwards. Mm. But they could take these shots and it doesn't really matter. There, there's not going to be punishment if they miss it because they know how good and important they are to the team. With Dublin, it was, if I didn't do it and started taking these crazy shots, well, Jim would just turn and go, well, you're not playing. Um, Kevin McMenamin was going to play instead or Arnold O'Gar or Dean Rock or Cormac Costello. So, so that was always the benefit that, that we had, mm. that, that that depth, if you didn't buy into it, you were gone anyway. So, so there's a bit of the players buying into it. There's also the fear of just you do what the coach tells you, or you're not going to play. You know. Yeah. Just going on to Paddy's point there, and just to not re harping on the Mayo Dublin thing, but we talked a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago on the pod, and we were on about Joe you know, the wins and the losses and stuff like that. 
it'd be fascinating actually Tommy for you to go back and look at the 2017 final even if you just type in the scores for it I watched it back a half an hour ago and look at the scores <laughs> do the head nails no look at the scores that were scored from Mayo that day yeah. like they were Conley Flynn yeah, Killian, Jason Doherty outrageous scores yeah. they, were, they, were, they were every score was, there was no tap overs where you looked at Dublin scores now and we, we talked about the last few minutes of the games where like you're getting tired, your decision making is down, and you're looking at where you're scoring from, and Dublin just kept scoring from the same spot. Where Mayo, with tired legs and tired bodies, had to keep trying to score these worldies, and well, it just didn't happen. In the it's, 50, it's not sustainable, is it? It's not. You won't consistently yeah, get no. there. You might have a day where they go over from everywhere, yeah, I think, yeah. but it's not consistent, and it's not yeah. sustainable success to do it that way. But but the funny thing, I know we kind of got off base with there, but that was. That's tactics from other sports and taking it into in, into the GAA, um, and it's just it's brilliant to see because it just makes the game better. And, and that kind of closed mentality of that's their sport. You stick to that, stay in your lane. Be, like the best coaches are innovative. They they bring new ideas. The best players take that on board. How do I get better? Tell me anything. T- give me mm. any insight for me to get better. Even the best guys, like like Cluxton's the obvious example. He's still trying to get better. How? What other sports can I look at to get better? Um, and and you can see that across the GAA now. Some brilliant performances and, and brilliant coaches in putting that into the team. It takes time, and that's the challenge for for the newer guys. And like a touch on Galway and and Tyrone and places like that. But it's it's great to see. It, just on that twenty seven Neil Ireland final, there is a brilliant YouTube version of that game, which is just the shots. And it's about 28 minutes, the whole game, you know, broken down to that. But when you're talking about that, in the second half of that game, Dublin started taking, Brian Fenton scored a, a point for 15 yards. And I think Kevin Miniman scores a point close for the goals as well. Lee Keegan scores that goal to send Mayo ahead. And I think the next shot that Mayo have, Aidan O'Shea is inches wide with a shot with the outside of his left foot from near the sideline. And the, that nearly, under the cues of and you're, you're underneath the post that day and it's so close. It's so close. But Dublin weren't taking those shots in the last no. fifteen minutes. No, no. Yeah, so I, like I don't know—is that legs? What is that? You know, like, you get me emotional now, Tommy. Just, Andy was in flying form there, Tommy. Right after just like your start lunch. <laughs> I didn't bring up twenty seventeen. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it. I wasn't. No, I didn't mention it. Andy, did you bring it up? Yeah, I just—I I did. Yeah, I just think that 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 kind of sums it up, Tommy. And I think when you're looking at the innovation of what Dublin have brought to it, you're looking at the playmakers. We talked about Kilkenny. They give him the ball. They literally give him the ball. I remember one. Well, time, not that day. I, I, on, like well, Lee Keegan. Lee Keegan, absolutely. But, but, but we identified it, Tommy. Okay. We identified it. We identified that Lee didn't give him the ball. I think in 2016, in the first game, Jeremy McConley takes the sideline ball off off Kieran Kenny, and you can just see the Dublin boys going, "Look, look at the book at the bottom." Like, like he he's telling you, like he got. He we weren't got, we weren't overly happy with that. Yeah, one. he got grilled for that because Kieran Kilkenny, the ball handler, you give him the ball. Now Scully's the ball handler or Fenton, so you give mm. them the ball. That was an injury time sideline yeah. by Connolly yeah, in the seventy first minute. Yeah, so we identified uh, Kilkenny. We could have put Lee on different players who were outstanding at the same time, but we identified Kilkenny on that year of being the main focal point for the Dublin attack and it really did work for us and I think he kept him to eight possessions scored a goal himself but still Dublin and other fellas around the place that could do the job as well but I think Kieran that day then either by his own choice or by the by Jim said right let's take Lee Keegan out of the game and they just plonked him out on the wing or in the corner mm. and you know so there was there was thinking there as well you know? He had an incredible performance that day Lee Keegan 
Now he's an incredible player. Mm. You know, and he's still doing it. But that time, 15, 16, 17, when we played Dublin, it was like, right, Lee will mark whoever. And then everyone else has to do their own job. Yeah. So that was it. And the, 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 but the that's, Dublin that's, lads, it's funny, Andy. Andy, Andy you know? What are you talking about that? Like, it's like, he's an amazing player. And he was sacrificing his game. Like, we know how good he is going yeah. forward. And that's what we were talking last week about defenders now being asked to man mark and get tight and the art of defending and have that little bit of niggle. I mean, you don't really see it that much anymore. Whereas Lee Keegan was totally unselfish in his play. I'm I'm gonna try and mark Dermot Connolly because he's brilliant for Dublin. And I know I could if I just played my own game, I might be able to go up and score three or four points for play. But that was being hard, that was being a defender, that was making that, that kind of sacrifice for the team. And that's the challenge we had last week and what the first three rounds of the league we're not seeing defenders do that anymore no. we're seeing defenders who are great going forward yeah, I, I noticed the same with you the way you know? they did it for us I thought, I'd always identify McCarthy as being your heartbeat in terms of yeah. he, he was the guy that always yeah. knew what to do knew how to sacrifice his game and then everyone else and just yeah like, a just, like amazing players but just yeah. amazing teammates like just they do yeah. end feel like and that's that's what you're hoping to see going into the championship because if teams are going to play this way, they're going to play this open attack in football, you're going to need to have two or three defenders. Like if you're going to win the All-Ireland, you're going to have to beat Dublin and you're going to ask one of your full backs to go, you're going to mark Conor Callahan, and that's, you got to do that. Or if you're going to play Kerry, say Tyrone, win the Ulster Championship, play Kerry in an All-Ireland semi-final, they're going to turn around to Rona McMeer or Parra Campsie and say, listen, you're marking Clifford, deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what defenders are going to have to do if you want to play this expansive style of play. Players are going to be asked to do that, and it's if they're able to do that, that would be such a huge advantage to that team. Imagine taking out the key scorer for someone else. That that could win you the game. That could win you the All Ireland. If very nearly won the All Ireland for Mayo in seventeen, boy, uh, what Lee did, Macker was amazing for us so many times, and with John Small and guys like that. That's what it takes. Paying the price, and like I say, you've got to make sacrifices even to your own game. You might want to go forward, but that's. That's ultimately what every team needs, those type of players. You're listening to episode four of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and Andy Moran. And we are about to get in to our teams of the league. We're going to have a bit of fun here. So uh, I think we're going to start off, Paddy, with your own team, if that's all right. If you're able to uh, talk us through it. This wasn't much fun trying to pick pick this. Um, So we had the rules. So the rules was what? We, We couldn't have it all. Maximum three from each team. Yeah, and try to pick a player from all the divisions. So, um, a lot of research going in trying to find a, a good balance to this team. So, I run through it quickly. In goal is Rory Beg- Rory Beggar from Manning, and the reason being, it's kind of hard to pick a goalkeeper. No one's really stood out much, but but I thought Rory was very good in terms of saves against Tyrone. But also, what we touched on in the pod earlier in the week, he's kind of leading the charge with this new style of play. And one of the great images of the league is <laughs> the Donegal Monaghan game in injury time. It's a draw up in Bally Buffet, and Rory Began's playing midfield, and he's being marked by the Donegal keeper Sean Patton. So, Began is very much to the forefront in that side of things, and I think he's been really solid for the league. And like, if Monaghan are going to have a good league, Rory Began or a good championship, Rory Began needs to play well. So, I've him a goal. I've Rona McAbee from Tyrone uh, as cornerback, inspirational score for them the last day to, to draw with. Um, to draw with Monaghan and qualify for the league semi-finals. Again, he's the type of player, Tyrone task him with marking the opposition's key forwards. And you can see he's starting to change his style of play as what Fergal Logan's asking to do, trying to start attacking, getting up the pitch, kicking the ball more. So I've Ronan in there. Chris McCaig, a fullback from Derry. Derry's defensive record. I know it's Division uh, Division 3, but 
I think they only conceded seven points in their first game, five points the next day against uh, against Longford. Derry are flying it, and Chris McCaig is a huge leader for them, always has been, and, and Rory Gallagher has him flying it. Yvonne Rigney, uh, the other cornerback from Offaly, uh, obviously one of the road players that, that, that we touched on earlier. Offaly are just rejuvenated under, under John Mann. It's brilliant to see, and he's been such a huge leader for them coming out from the back. Um, and that's what we're touching on. Successful teams in the league, getting that momentum. Are Derry going to win the Ulster Championship? They're not going to be favourites for it. Are Offaly going to win the Leinster Championship? They're not going to be favourites for it. But if they can get a good league and get promotion, and, and those two guys, Chris McCaig and Rigney, are definitely leading them forward. Half-back line is Paddy Durkin. You know, we all know him. He's been absolutely outstanding. Picked up where he left off. Donald Kyogre from Mead, another one of these real leaders we spoke about. Uh, just marshals the Mead defence. Um, and he's such a key player for them. And then half-back of Paul Murphy on the other wing from Kerry. I was at the Dublin-Kerry game. Um, he's the Kerry captain. He's always the key player in their defence. He, he's one of the most important players for them. He got two points that day, uh, and he just led the, re, the 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 comeback for Kerry. They were seven points down, and he just yeah. said, "Right, we're going forward here." He scored two points in that third quarter, got Kerry back, and you might look back on that later in the year. That yeah. game was slipping away from them. That could be a huge turning point for Kerry. And that was just leadership yeah. from Paul Murphy and, and, and what, what he does best. So that's my backs. Will, okay. I, will I go on? Or I think I think what we'll do is backs? Andy, I think we'll bring in your backs and just see where you're where you're differentiating here. And uh I hope I have your right team up here, Andy. Um you do you might, you, you might you, run us through your you team do, here. You do, you do. So Seven Mayo players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried. <laughs> David Clark and goal. Andy had three dubs. How many Mayo lads did Andy have? He only yeah. had you only had I, one. You only yeah, had one Mayo man. Matty Ruan, very unlucky to, okay. to, to miss out, but I just think uh, the two guys in the middle of the field had to play. Um, I, I'm skewed by the games I was at, 100%. Paddy Durkin outstanding against Westmead um, and Kevin Maguire for Westmead that day. I think me and Paddy were talking about one-to-one marking and mm. he went man-to-man with Killian O'Connor and listen, I have so much respect for Killian that Maguire was absolutely outstanding. So I just struggled. I know they didn't win a game, but I just struggled not to have him in there because he was so good on that day and it was probably the best individual defensive performance I've seen. Uh, similar to Christy McCaig, I have Brendan Rogers in there for the same reasons. Um, one point conceded the full forward line against Cavan. Uh, seven and five in the other two games. Absolutely outstanding. I think it'd be a shame not to put a Derry guy in there. Niall Morgan in goal instead of begging just because... I don't know. I just think I, I like 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 more nine, nine Morgan better. But uh, you uh, love I, you love Tyrone. You yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. No, no. One of the few. One of the few, buddy. But I tell you, know, I, I would have put Morgan in goal, but he broke my jaw a couple of years ago, so I couldn't put him in. I can't <laughs> give him that one. Was that how your jaw got broken? Was it a challenge with Morgan? It was. Yeah, yeah. Morgan was playing fly, fly goalie. I should have known. I should have known he'd be out of his goal. Like yeah. So so it was tight between himself and Began. Began up at the full forward line the last day against. Uh, and when or against Tyrone when they were trying to get the equaliser, nearly yeah, swung yeah. it for Begging, but one of the others, and I think they're just leading the line. McInnesby has been unbelievable for um, yeah. for Mon, and I think Hart has been the same. Uh, Paddy's talking about uh, Paul Murphy. Um, yeah, you've Murphy as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's talking about him. Jeremy O'Connor in the middle of the field. I think okay. he's been outstanding uh, for Kerry. I think the the game I was at against Galway, he was it, they didn't need to do much. But against Dublin, I thought, at that last 20 minutes, I thought yeah. he really upped the up speed. I, I was at that game. He was brilliant against Dublin. Yeah. He, scored, he, he scored two or three, but he definitely got two points. I think he might have got three. But he was kind of leading the charge. And it's like, 
we asked what's Peter Keane looking for from Kerry he's looking for two or three players we're talking about David Moore and not having probably the, the mobility to get around the pitch there's a guy that's come in Jack Barry was kind of doing that role but, but I think Dermot O'Connor gives a little bit more going forward as, yeah. on the ball as well I think he's, he's, so many he's been really impressive he's been really impressive yeah. he's the number one midfielder now I'd say Paddy there you know he's definitely going to start I'm just taking that and I actually uh, I don't have him on my team so yep. shit yeah. <laughs> I you, missed out on that one you both went for Michael Langan in midfield Yes. He's a man who's really stood up as a leader uh, over the last three weeks, three, four weeks. Very similar to what we're saying about O'Connor. He's very comfortable on the ball. He's key to that Donegal style of play, that kind of smart on the ball, really comfortable, key in the transitions. He got, obviously, that amazing goal against against Began, which was one of the, one of the, um, one of the big, big standout moments. So, Look, I probably, if Michael Murphy hadn't got injured, his performance against Tyrone the first day was outstanding. He only played five minutes against Monaghan and he just didn't talk out the last day. But like I say, Michael Langan stood up. So yeah. I had him. My other midfielder was actually Reno O'Neill. I, I, shit, I didn't go for Derek Dermot O'Connor. I thought Reno O'Neill's been brilliant for Marmah. Like, and he'd been doing it and he's kind of, I wouldn't say he was under the radar, but he's come up to Division 1 and he's played. Like someone, he's on the ball, his leadership real quality, athleticism. Mm. And, and like, exactly. I'm kind of looking at this going into the championship. If Armagh are going to have a good championship, Reno O'Neill will be, I would he's say he's going, be, player, he's, Paddy, he's going to be their key player. Is, like. He's the sort of player, Paddy, that you you want to watch, isn't he? He's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's got everything. Yeah, he's yeah. got, like, it's, like a lot of midfielders can have the athleticism, but they mightn't have the skill. Yeah. Guys can have he the can skill, play anywhere. Athleticism. 14, 11, everything. 9. And yeah, the brother so, rushing, so, and he's interchanging with his brother He's rushing a handful of full forward, yes. Yeah. So, so that was my midfielders. I, I'd Langan it, looks, it looks like Paddy's taking the Harlem Gro- uh, Globetrotters approach here with his team. Yeah. Uh, Langan, forwards there again. Langan and Reno uh, O'Neill, two, uh, two exceptions. This is what when attacking. people pick their teams of the season or all <laughs> This team is never going to play together. So I'm not looking for balance. I'm yeah. not a coach. No, do you know what you are? Do you know what you are? Do you know what you are? Best scorers everywhere. You know, you try to be the opposite to your old fella, like you're to be the opposite to your dad, like so. He's trying to be the opposite to Jim Gavin, like he's going, I'm going all out, I'm going all out. This is it? Like, I don't want. I was gonna have Kieran Kilkenny playing fullback. <laughs> I was gonna put Clifford a goal just to get get him up. Yeah, oh, well, Andy, sorry, these are your half forwards. Yeah, uh, I don't, I, I don't have an Armagh player on it, and the reason for it is that I just think they've been a sum of all their parts. Like so, if you see Stephen Campbell last week, outstanding. Mm. But you know, it's been so indifferent nearly every game. Rory Grugan, Reen O'Neill, Ushin O'Neill. So I, I really love watching them playing, but it's yeah. just that, that that's the reason we, we haven't had them have them on. So I went with um Samuel Roy from okay. now. Um again, listen, this is this is looking on stats more so than as seeing him playing, but you you're looking at a guy that's like scored two goals, you know, consistently throughout the league. I think Lau deserved to have somebody there. Um, and he, yeah. he's been the main focus point for them uh, getting to the getting to the league semi-final and we are on about managers earlier like McGinley and these guys but Hart has to take some recognition they lose their first game go and win the last two and now all of a sudden they're in the semi-final with the hope of getting promoted which I'd say is their main task yeah. Darren McCurry has been just we've been kind of waiting for him Yes, I, yeah. I, I think for the last couple of years, every time he's got the ball, I can just vision him getting the ball on the half forward line and going backwards with it. There, um, there's no doubt. He, there's no doubting his ability. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's, he's a brilliant player to watch. And like I said, is he one of these guys? And that's the bounce of a new management team coming in, putting their arm around and going, "Listen, Darren, we can see your quality. We're going to play to your strengths." Whereas it, maybe previously he's been asked to play a role. 
like we touched on with Gini playing wing forward for Kerry, it's like that's not their game. You, you know, you're not going to get the best out of them. And Darren McCurry definitely strikes me like someone he wants to go forward, he wants to shoot, he wants to be a playmaker. And he's not in my team, but, but no, he's but, been impressive. But, but I'm going to do my inner Joe Brawley here. I remember years ago talking to Pete Donnelly, right? And uh, Peter Donnelly, who's in with coach with Tyrone, yeah. he, he was just on to me about Darren McCurry. And this was a good while ago now, and he used to go, never leave the pitch. Like, absolutely, bag of balls works. Yeah, you know, yeah. Bag of balls into the pitch, kicking, kicking, kicking. And it's lovely. And I, I just expected to see this forward that was just an out, all out attack. But for the last couple of years, he's been getting the ball at the 45, kicking a 30 yards back. And I'm just thinking, this is not the guy that Peter Donnelly described to me, but now chip flicking the ball, curling mm-hmm. over the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going alone, probably got him in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, um, I just think it's, it's outstanding to see a young fella like that. And then Owen Cleary, his score rate has been four the last day against Cork, seven in the middle game, 10 against Leash. And he's just been outstanding. Yeah, he's, a, he's in both of your teams, that's. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even the leadership he's showing. Mm-hmm. It's scoring but, at key times. Like Kildare were playing well in that second game of the league, and uh, Claire got that goal to drag them back into it. But it's Cleary's points for me in the next seven, eight minutes. A couple of bombs, like under big pressure, clutch, and that's clutch points. His sideline against Leash obviously got a bit of attention online and stuff like that. It's like I think we needed to have some from Claire. It was between himself and Tuberty, but he actually as good as Tuberty was against Cork. Uh, the last day, I think over the, the course of the entire the first three games, with our own Cleary's been been massive for Clare and a huge part of of their success to date. And it'd be interesting to see against Mayo now because Mayo are that experienced team. They're going to man-mark him. They're going to have Paddy someone Durkin. to do Paddy with Durkin him. Will be on They're him, probably yeah. going to be yeah. Paddy Durkin. Yeah. And how, how can he get on? Because that's where Clare are striving to get to. They want to be a Division 1 team. They want to try and make an impact in the Munster Championship. Um, that's what these players are going to need to stand up and do that but, but so far I think O'Cleary has been brilliant I had him on my team as well yeah. Talk to us about your half forward line then you've gone for Niles Scully and Conor Callahan. you do <laughs> Yeah I've gone a bit biased there now. but I thought Con Con had to be in I think he's been absolutely outstanding very quiet the first day I don't think he scored the first day against no. Common, and it was kind of I remember you asked me about him and I said he'll be back against Kerry don't worry and, and he was. <laughs> I think you said he'd score he'd score 1-4 or something and he scored, he scored 2-1 or something like that yeah. 2-1 or 2-2 I think but uh, yeah. he's been and the same against Galway at the weekend another goal he's just an amazing player I'd have him with Clifford as probably the two top forwards um, yeah. he's been a big impact and Niall Scully has just been brilliant for Dublin in all three of the games I know it's two Division 1 players but I'm just looking on, on the quality of their performances, how important they are to the teams. Dublin have had it. They're going to be happy with the league today. They've qualified for the semi. So that was my my half forward line was uh, Scully, Khan obviously at centre forward, and then uh, Owen Cleary on the wing from Clare. I think he had um, seven of the same players in your team. You had eight changes. The full forward line is somewhere that you both agreed on. So David Clifford. All three. All three. David Clifford. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cormac Costello and Shane McGuigan. Um, talk to us about McGuigan like he, he would have caught the eye last weekend a lovely forward for Derry he scored 220 in three games <laughs> that's catching the eye and this is just and not all for like he's got I think he's got 111 or 112 yeah. in play Derry are we're talking about how tight they are at the back but the scores they're racking up as well and mm. and that's I, I know Rory Gallagher very well I played with him when he was uh, when he was down in St. Bridget's he would have actually a big influence on me as a coach he was the an underage coach at St. Bridget's when I was growing up. He loves a sharpshooter. He loves a guy who can score and they can just see Shane McGuigan being the type of player he absolutely loves to, to coach. 
And Derry seems to just be playing the style of play that we're talking about that seems to be all the rage. You know, let's attack, let's get the ball to our key players. And his scoring has been phenomenal. And we're talking about Derry going for promotion. Can they get into Division 2? He's going to be a key player to get them over the line. But I, I think it'd be remiss not to have him in there. It's close. I thought Paddy Cunningham from Antrim was a notable. He, he was in the mix. Andy's mate. He had some great moments. Uh, David Tuberty, obviously, as well, was outstanding for Clare. But, but I just thought McGuigan, his scoring rate, his efficiency, and, and just the story of, uh, of he nearly emphasises how Derry are playing, I, I thought he definitely had to be in. Andy, I have a question for you about David Clifford in a moment, but how have neither of you got Paddy McBerty on this team? I you can't put them all in. Can't yeah. put them all in. I, I, I've unlucky here now. With, with McGuigan, for instance, I think Cormac Costco Clifford have to be on it. Um, I think the two yeah. of them have to be on it. Uh, with McGuigan, so obviously he catches the eye last week. But you go back and you look at um, you go back and look at the other two games then and see what he scores two five seven points like it's it's amazing but he scores then eight against the Ulster Championship champions yeah. from last, yeah. last year right left foot we're so used to seeing Shane Walsh doing it to see someone else doing it is amazing and you look at Derry okay so you have Rogers and you have McCaig in the full back line which gives you a really strong base straight away mm. you get this. Absolute gift from God from Australia and Connor Glass in the middle of the field. And mm. all of a sudden, you've got legs around the middle of the field that you haven't had for 10 years. And then all of a sudden, McGuigan starts kicking points 220 yeah. in, in three games in the league. And all of a sudden, you're looking at Derry and they're in good shape. They're physically fit. And Andy, I'm telling you, like nobody, nobody was looking at Cavan to win the Ulster Championship last no. year. And they came through. Can, are Derry, could they potentially get there? That's, that's what Rory Gallagher is probably hoping for. But, but what you've seen today is huge progress from them. And like I say, they have the pieces of a really good team. Rory's an, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant coach. Um, so, th- yeah, we've got two dairy guys in the team so far. They, I know they, they, they're the league semi-final next week against Limerick now that, that they'd be favourites for. That should, should hopefully get them into Division 2. But it'd be interesting to watch them in the Championship. Just on McBrearty, uh, Tommy, on McBrearty, absolutely outstanding. I think Shane Walsh has been outstanding for the two games since since Kerry. I think he's really shown yeah. great leadership there. Obviously, I don't have Con on my team, Kieran Kilkenny on my team. Like, I was thinking, how oh, am I not putting these two guys on the team? But anyway, <laughs> uh, left him off. Matty Ruan from Mayo has been, been Mayo's best player, really, but it just didn't. Joe Jeremy O'Connor and Langan swung it for me. So there's been so many people. Uh, it's great to see McBrearty back in good form. The leadership he showed in the last two weeks has been brilliant since Murphy got injured. And uh, it's exciting. It's exciting leaving it for the Ulster Championship. But, but I'm telling you, hey, Andy, this is only after three games. There's still the league semi-finals to go. If McBrady goes out and swings over another eight points against Dublin, that might change it. Yeah. But uh, very unlucky. Like I say, the, the other two, I'd, I'd cast low in. I think he, what, he scored three, 320, 321 yeah. in the league so far. He's top scorer in the league. And you might think he's a Dublin player and... You know, that, that's kind of expected. Cormac's under pressure to perform. Massive. He's been, yeah. he's been around so long. Massive. Dean Rock's got a bit of a knock. So it's an opportunity. And you might think, do Dublin take the league seriously or or Cormac Costello's whatever, five or six All-Irelands because he's been around. Does Cormac Costello take the league? This is essentially a trial for him. So I can guarantee you he's taking it seriously. He is under pressure to perform. And that's been the most impressive thing. And a lot of it was freeze. The one thirteen, he got the first day against Ross Common. Yeah, he scored one one three from play against Kerry, and he scored five points from play against Galway. So as well as the freeze and what was questionable penalty record, <laughs> he stood up the week after and he scored the penalty against Kerry. 
but, but he is under pressure to perform and that's why I, I wanted to have him in because I, I thought he's been outstanding um, and, and if Dublin are going to be successful I think he's going to have a huge role to play uh, through the summer On David Clifford one thing that, that stood out to me is and I don't know whether I'm, I'm reading into it too much but he seems angry and I know he's always played with a bit of bite <laughs> and a bit of fire but the one thing that stood out against Galway was goal straight into Sean O'Shea they're high-fiving they're roaring they're screaming at the weekend Paddy Clifford sets him up the high-five again it's an alley-hoop goal again at the back post are you seeing that in Clifford this year or has he always had that bit of bite about him when he played football? It's a Kerry thing for me uh, to be honest with you it's not that this team is mature and they're so young lads I think we forget how inexperienced the team is so that's why Moore and Ganey are important to Kerry because everyone else around them is young like Paddy Clifford's a bit older obviously but he's mm. Inexperienced. He's inexperienced. Inexperienced. So, so they've young players all around the place and they can see last year, they can clearly see that Cork, Kerry are a better team than Cork. But True. by that inexperience and not killing out games and not creating them really good habits within your play, all of a sudden then you get into a dogfight against Cork and you lose. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, but Clifford is going to win all Ireland. So, but it, it depends. Oh, no, I can hear you. Am I still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. that was that was my connection. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think I actually lost your answer there. What you were saying about Clifford? The last thing I got was um, the last thing I got was Potty Clifford is inexperienced. Yeah, so Potty Clifford, Potty Clifford is uh, he's there, like he, he's there now, but he is inexperienced. He's a bit older, but like you can see that from the court game last year, they've decided you have to develop these good habits. And it was said to me about from someone at the game, another guy that was there reporting on the game. He said David Clifford is going to win all Ireland. It's just, when is he going to win them? So, is this going to be the year? And I think what Kerry now are trying to develop, they're trying to develop good habits. And when you see them really enjoying a goal, really getting a good kick out of pushing up, squeezing up with a kick out, I think that kind of buys into to what you're saying about Clifford as well. Okay. But I'd say, Tommy, I'd be surprised if he wasn't angry. And I'm surprised if Kerry weren't angry. Like, they threw away that game against last year's championship. They've had to sit for, for seven yeah, or eight yeah, months. Yeah. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Point. I remember we lost that championship game against Donegal, we didn't lose a game for seven years after that. I tell you, we were angry after that game. When you lose a game that you're a favourite for and you feel you've underperformed and you feel you've been caught out, that is angry. And Dublin came back, I remember, in 2015, it was, we're putting this right. We are. We were angry, we were angry, we were angry. So, so I'm not surprised to see that. The biggest change from Clifford Rice here, and we've seen him in the flash market, uh, Fitzsimons in the Dublin game, he's bulked up. There's no two ways about it. There's no, his technical ability is, is not in question. You could see that when he was 14, 15 years of age. This guy can kick scores from anywhere. But he's bouncing off tackles now. You know, where, where you might be able to bottle him up or, mm. like, say, Lee Keegan back in the day mm. or, or even in that game in Turles, you know, Fitzy's a strong guy. He's a fast guy and, and, and you're getting hits on. But he, he's riding those tackles now, which gives him another strength to his bow where you could have tried and, and out-muscle him or bully him. You can see he's definitely added that to his game. And the thing with someone like Clifford and what we're touching on here, Kerry are going to give him the ball. Even if he's been double teamed or triple teamed by some teams, Kerry will hand him the ball. And if Clifford has the ball in his hands, I'd say eight times out of 10, he's at least getting a shot off. And with his accuracy, he's probably scoring seven of them. So he is just going to be a handful for anyone. The mentality, yes, he should be angry. Kerry should be angry. If they weren't, he'd be asking serious questions. Um, but his physicality is a big thing as well. So he was one of the first players to put down this thing. Just 
And, and the reason I tell you, he's, the hat trick he scored the first day, it set the tone for the entire National League. It was brilliant. It was like we hadn't seen a football match at Intercounty game since the All-Ireland final in December. Five months later, it was just a breath of fresh air. Clifford scoring his hat-trick. We're like, football is back. And the whole National League has carried on from that. Every team was playing this attacking style of play. Um, and that was kind of like the, the spark that lit it. Um, so so I, I had Clifford in straight away. As much as, yes, there, there's unfortunate people to miss out. It's like picking the All-Stars, Andy. There's always a few people who feel disgruntled. But, uh, yeah, yeah. but that's why I had him in, yeah. Um, Darren Moynihan is another man that I would have had in the the missed out I suppose but it's like Niall Scully is obviously playing a similar enough role for Dublin Paddy and he stood out so much as well Aina Brannock's been in touch he picked the team I actually think this is quite a good team I, I, I actually have very little complaints to make about both of your teams I think there's arguments made for all of the players Aina Brannock has gone for Sean Patton in goals so a different keeper from the two of you uh, Lee Keegan Chrissy McCaig Oshin Mullins Ryan McInesby Peter Hart Paddy Durkin in the half back line Michael Langan and Emma Bradley of Derry in midfield. He's gone for Kenny, Conn and Shane Walsh in the half-forward line. And up front, an all-Ulster trio of Paddy McBurty, Shane McGuigan and um, Paddy Cunningham. And uh, Connor Noonan was in touch. He said Kevin Flynn and Kildare has to be in with a shout. Sean Quigley and Fermanagh needs to be in, a shout, in with a shout. And Darren McCurry has to be included. And uh, yeah, another shout for David Tuberty as well off the back of last week too. So... That's uh that's the the team of the league so far from the football pod. Um, we had a couple of other questions, lads, uh, that we wanted to put to you. Who has been your bolter of the league, Andy? I might come to you first. Somebody who out of the blue impressed you out of nowhere. I I, I think I put that down as Derry, didn't I? Um, it was yeah. Uh, yeah I just think. Joe, I, I think Rory Gallagher has been criticised a lot in terms of his. Um, in terms of his playing style since he left, since, since he took over the Donegal job himself and, and moved on to his own managerial career. But you could always see that there was quality there. And Paddy would actually know this better. I forgot about your St. Bridges link, actually, Paddy. But he's, he, he's a brilliant, a brilliant, yeah. brilliant coach. So, Anyone, any player who's played under will tell you. So like, like McGuinness and himself, I always thought that such, a, like even their demeanour on the sideline, you were nearly intimidated by the two boys. Like, you know, it was all, everything was meant. There was nothing done, like just spontaneously. Everything was meant, like from warm-ups, like when you were warming up against them, like warming up, like, and you're on the opposite side of the pitch, even in a challenge match, they do something that would kind of throw you a tiny bit. Everything was thrown. He'd intimidate the other assistant coach, Galler. So there's always little sparks there with him. But as I said to you, the Derry team have just got a little bit of life from somewhere. Glass coming back definitely gives you a bit of life because that's just, he was their golden kid since he was 14 playing for uh, Watty Grahams, I think is the name of his club. Yeah, he, yeah. He was their and go- McCrory he, Cup as well. He was, he was the guy that we're talking about for Open years. Cup. And then for him to be taken to Australia, you know, like there's other Derry lads out there now, are they tempted to come back? You know, you get McGuigan, you always had the McCaigs there, you have Rogers there, you have the Schlock Neil influence. Yes. And all of a sudden, now you have a team. So they're my bolter, and I think they're, they've, they've done very well. They look in great shape, uh, better shape physically than they've been in a year. So they've got mm. a chance. I, I only went for a player there. Go for Paul it, yeah. Da- Paul Donahue from Toronto. Out yeah. of nowhere, I'd never even heard of him before. Uh, and it's come in. He's tailed off a little bit in, in the last game, but his first two performances. Yes. Again, his opening performance, 10 points against. Amazing. Football was back that weekend. It was brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Best manager, lads. Go, Paddy. Two, Colin Collins. 
with Clare and I'm sure he's going to get a lot of plaudits over this I'd love to see them get up um, get out. Division 4 seven years ago and they're on they're one game away from going to Division 1 brilliant his demeanour he has the team playing he has them he's and like I touched this maximising their, he's dragging every last inch out of that team so that's brilliant to see and I have to say Andy's all friend John Mann what a turnaround been around a long time we're talking about people McNamee coming back John Mann has been around a long time and the hunger to go over there to, to Offaly Rory's done a great job with Derry but, but I, thought, I thought John Mann is exactly what we're saying maximising the potential are they going to win the All-Ireland they're not but What's success for Offaly and John Mahan has them probably one game away from getting that. So, so Mahan and Collins for me are the top two so far. Yeah, I'd, uh, Collins is for me. Uh, Mahan, he was uh, Mahan's top man, gave me my debut, so I've, I've great respect for him. But Collins, <laughs> what he's done with Clare um, has just been just been amazing. If I'm being honest with you, it's uh, like you you have to think about it. They've lost uh, their two best players. Um, Gary Brennan yeah. and Gordon Gordon Kelly would be the mm-hmm. best man marking defender and be in the position they're in to like look at the the football counties they're taking out so they're taking out Kildare they've taken out Leash they didn't beat Cork but they've mm. put them into third place in the league that's amazing and I for one really hope they don't uh, get to Division 1 <laughs> come uh, on Andy really no, no, no. Division 1 Mayor don't I'll, care about the league I'll put on my headband here now if you're not careful but yeah. they they, um, they I think Mayo should still win the game, but the the, yeah, so achievement, the achievement from Colin Collins has been amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah. Honorable mention, Enda McGinley with Antrim as well. Absolutely. Brilliant yeah. job for a new guy going in there again. Same as the other guys, maximise their potential. Uh, talk really about progress. Talk about being a new manager in a year like this when yeah. you weren't able to train for so long and you're trying to mm. pick a panel and get teams together. So yeah, fair play to them. And uh, there's actually an interview with Colin Collins. If you're subscribed, so there's two ways of subscribing to the football pod here on. With Paddy and Andy, you can subscribe to our own stream, which is the football pod of Paddy and Andy, or you can subscribe to OTB GAA, where you'll get all of the GA podcasts and off the ball. And there's actually an interview with Colin Collins summed up last night as well, we're checking out. Um, it's with Joe Malloy. So, manager of the, the league there, we've done that. Just in a word, because we probably covered them already in your teams, who's your best player? Paddy, who did you go for? Best player? Who did I go for, actually? Go Andy, Andy first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I went Clifford uh, all day. I was lucky enough to see him in the flesh. Um, like I had the privilege to be in Tralee the day against Galway. Mm. Um, he was just outstanding. I think the the way the team kind of revolve around him. I think he, he he's been brilliant. I don't think he touched the ball for twelve minutes against Dublin. First twelve minutes and then just was just outstanding. Um, yeah, so he, he's he's the player. And what I like about these players, the likes of himself, Khan Kilkenny. Uh, McCarthy, all these good players, and particularly with Dublin, it might be something we come back. They want to play every minute. Do you know, it's yeah, not, yeah. like we've four games to get ready here. I can't really side on the side of resting. I can see the thinking on it, but surely you want to play to get your touch. And Clifford wants to play every minute of every game. I love that. Paddy? I actually, I was cl- it was Clifford. Clifford as well. Okay. <laughs> I was Pretty. thinking, I don't know out there. Yeah, well, Clifford. Perfect. Um, the biggest letdown. Uh, who would you Tiberary, go for? Tipperary and Cavan for me. Um, you're looking at them to, to to build on what they did last year. Um, particularly Cavan, it's it's it, it, it's a precarious position for the two of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, in it, um, but you're really looking to, to push push on, and uh, they just haven't. And it's uh, Cavan of three all stars there um, in, in their mix, and you, you'd be expecting a tiny bit more out of them. And for me, they've been just. Not where they need to be to, to really push on from where they were last year. 
I had those two teams as well, but I actually put Cork in it as well. I know Cork are in a relegation game as well to drop out of, out, out of the league again. And it's like the same as, as Cavanagh's priority. What an amazing... I know Cork didn't win the Monster Championship, but they beat Kerry. They that had that moment. should be a boost and a moment, yeah. and momentum to kind of go into to this season. Cavanagh and Tipperary had two of their best days in, in nearly in their, their whole history. It's like, let's kick on. Let's mm. hit the ground running. And, and they've just been, it's been disappointing to see the kind of the kind of drop off, particularly when you see other teams, like say, coming through and maximising what, what they've got. So that's surprising. It must, be, it must be hard for counties like that though, because the depth just isn't there. So if you're missing a couple of players, so you're missing an all-star nominee like Michael Quindivin or in Cavan, they would have had a lot of lads who actually went travelling the year that they won it. These are teams that had a lot of success at underage level at the start of the decade. Tipperary minor team obviously bet that Dublin team in 2011. Yeah. The Cavan uh, the Cavan side won 421 titles in a row and they, they were building and building these teams and eventually they peaked with their two provincial titles last year. With Cork, we've seen them come through with some really exciting underage teams. That under-20 team obviously that had so much success but they haven't delivered mm. yet on the big stage. So I think one thing that I definitely saw in Castlebar last weekend, Andy, was that the Mead depth was a million miles away from where Mayo's was. Like Mayo were playing maybe some third string players or players in the edge of the panel. Mead were doing the same. They were given nearly debuts to a couple of under 20s and the size, the power, the experience, the it just wasn't there. So I think when, when these counties, they aren't necessarily blessed with 30, 32 players, 34 mm-hmm. players of inter-county standard and we're seeing that. The, the moment of the league, lads, what, what was it? For me, it's it's the goal scoring. I think it's been brilliant. Uh, like I, I think we did the point of the the, the league the scored first, a week, the, yeah. The first pod, and we didn't even mention Clifford's goal. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, but like like that was just. I think Paddy summed it up lovely there. He he just kind of it's like the Bannister four minute mile. He scores a hat trick next week. Connor McCarthy scores a hat trick. Yeah, Langan starts running the pitch, scoring two goals <laughs> that you, you couldn't see. Like Messi running up the pitch. Yeah, and like it, it but it is amazing. You get this sense okay right I'm one on one with the keeper why am I blasting the ball you're taking it around Turbot does it for Armagh McCarthy does it puts McGee you know on, on yeah. the backside <laughs> after Clifford does it I think Clifford just kind of led the line with that first weekend and then everyone then from it have just scored like beautiful goals even Menton's goal the last day for Meads mm. uh, was, was, was a super goal so yeah listen uh, I think it's just the goal scoring that's been happening over the last couple of weeks has been amazing Paddy uh, I was to say the opening weekend. I, I said that to be fair, the Ulster teams, the Ulster Championship has been, I suppose, challenged and ridiculed in the past of being dour and being defensive. And the opening weekend, the the Toronto Donegal game, I thought was probably one of the best games of the league uh, over in Healy Park. Set out the stall, we're attacking. Kerry's open display against against Galway. Like Jesus, this is total football here. And then it just it just set the tone across the board. The scores from all across all the divisions, the goals going in, the style of play. I know it's been covered across all sections of the media over the last couple of weeks. It's brilliant to see. Are we gonna see it in the championship when the pressure's really on? Are teams gonna go back into their shells? I hope not. I hope I think the horse is bolted and I think teams can see the the benefit it has to their style of play. But but that opening weekend carries display and, and then the game between Donegal and Toronto, I thought it was like we were starved of football. We were waiting for it and hoping the opening weekend was going to be great games and, and we got it and it's just carried on for the last three weeks. And what a what an end next week to, to, to look forward to some brilliant games across the divisions. Absolutely. 
Um, so that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our our league recap, lads. It's been a great three or four weeks. It's been the start of the podcast. The football is back. We're all delighted. There's definitely a smile on my face over the last couple of weeks with it all being back. So we've got a week off next week with the matches, but the podcast will be back next Wednesday. I think next week we're going to look at the Division 1 and 2 semi-finals and relegation playoffs. We're going to look at some of the implications there in Division 3 as well, what's going to happen down there. Is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up here for, for this for this podcast? If anyone wants to get in touch or drop any questions in, you can email thefootballpod at offtheball.com or I'll open up a, a comments box on our Instagram page as well, which is footballpod underscore GAA. So if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do. And uh, we'll see you next week. That's it for episode four. Andy, Paddy, thanks a million. Look, lads. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Paddy. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Quick start car insurance you can sort anytime online, then bounce on with your day. Get a quote today at getsetgo.ie. 